Tale of Two Hygienists presents this week's tip-isode. Quick and easy tips to keep you up to date and presented by the experts in the profession. Now, get ready for your unofficial tip-isode. This week, brought to you by GC America. Hello, my name is Amber Auger. I'm a practicing dental hygienist, international speaker, and creator of Thrive in the Op. Today, I have the privilege of bringing you a tip-isode from our friends at GC America. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. An example of a mental illness is depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, eating disorders, and addictive behaviors. When we look at the statistics around mental health, it seems to be that all of us have experienced it at some levels. Where some, it's acute, whereas other, it is chronic. One in five Americans will experience mental illness in a given year. One in 25 Americans lives with a serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. While struggling with mental health issues, daily chores of being a human can become unmanageable. And of course, for us, we see this directly relinked to the patient's oral health. It's a symptom seen in a variety of mental health illnesses and referred to executive dysfunction. Executive dysfunction itself involves defects in planning, organization, self-regulation, goal formulation, problem solving, and time management. For those with executive dysfunction, they experience a wide variety of cognitive and behavioral disorders and difficulties. Depression is just one of the mental health issues that incorporate executive dysfunction as a symptom. So when we look at executive dysfunction and specifically when we look at depression and how we can support our patients who are struggling with any sort of mental illness, depression and other mental illness frequently results in disruptions of daily habits. And of course, this includes brushing for our patients, right? The specific reason why this occurs will vary according to the specific illness that the patient has. For example, with depression, it appears likely to be linked to the disruption of the cortical satellite network, part of the brain that unconsciously calculates effort versus reward. With depression, doctors usually see low levels of neurotransmitters, specifically serotonin and dopamine, which impact motivation levels and can make it hard for the patient to get out of bed in the morning. Lacking dopamine in the prefrontal cortex means the individual doesn't even have enough energy to make decisions, solve problems, and weigh their options to take action. Grouping tasks together can make it easier for a very depressed patient to be compliant. For example, this would be linking tasks together in the morning. So you can say to the patient, what I want you to do is when you get up in the morning, take a shower, brush your teeth, and get dressed. And that is what success will look like for them, right? If you've never experienced depression, it may be challenging to truly emphasize with the patient. And in fact, over 60% of patients who suffer from mental health disorders do say that they feel that their oral health care providers do not sympathize with them. So that is a huge finding. And it's a huge opportunity for us to really support, encourage, and give our patients the solutions that they need to prevent oral diseases. I personally find that the patients that I do treat with mental illness and who are on multiple medications or even sometimes one medication of a, targeting a specific mental illness, they have moderate to severe serosomia. And many do not even notice 
had xerostomia, right? That dry mouth has become their normal because they've been on the medication for so long. So this is where really where education is essential. So here are four tips that I often share with my patients who are struggling with mental health illness overall. Number one, I tell the patients that I want them to rinse with water often. And if I can get that compliance, then I ask them, do you like things that are a sweet flavor? And if that is a yes, I go right to xylitol. Now, if their gastrointestinal system can really work well and tolerate the xylitol, right? Sometimes xylitol can make us um, expedite the bathroom process, if you will. But (laughs) if that patient can tolerate the xylitol, it is a phenomenal thing to recommend them to put it into water throughout the day. So what I recommend is half a tablespoon of xylitol and eight ounces of warm water throughout the the day. The xylitol works to kill the bacteria and prevent the bacteria from growing. So every single time they take a sip of this water, it's therapeutic. Without spiking that glycemic index, it is a little bit sweeter, so the patients want to drink it. Um, typically, if they are struggling with mental illness, they may have a time be- have a hard time being compliant with simple things like drinking water. When patients are down and depressed, they're not thinking about that, oh, this is easy to do and it will make me feel better. They're thinking that what's the point, right? So we have to really partner in that manner. Number two, if that patient tends to reach for a certain type of food during their bouts of severe depression, then I ask them, what are you reaching for when you feel really terrible? Are you reaching for those Sour Patch Kids, Skittles, Starburst, those sticky things that are going to last, those carbohydrates that are going to be fermentable and really promote the bacterial growth? What are you reaching for? And then I try to modify it. So for example, if they love those Sour Patch Kids, Skittles, Starburst, I ask them if they would feel the same way about a chocolate that'll melt off the tooth surface. Or I ask, okay, if you're going to go ahead and you're going to eat those Sour Patch Kiddles and Starburst, can you have a piece of cheese after or a piece of apple that'll help balance that, help clean out those grooves? Just being wiser, right? Being wiser in their recommendations and working with them on that recommendation. Another thing that you can have the patient do is you can have them rinse with baking soda and water. What I recommend is one tablespoon of baking soda for every three ounces of water and simply rinse with that. Not every patient, to be honest, is going to be able to brush twice a day, right? I've had some patients who admit to me that they go a week without brushing because they struggle that much. And honestly, it's hard for me to even say that out loud. It breaks my heart that they're struggling that much, that something that personally, we feel is so simple, right? We know how easy it is to to brush our teeth. It's that hard for them. So we have to ensure that we're being aware of that. We're never shaming the patient. Shaming is never going to change the patient, but we're partnering with them in the success. So by if they can't brush their teeth at night, if they're too tired, they can rinse that baking soda at night, preferably anytime throughout the day. I also tell my patients after you cook dinner, after you eat your last meal, go ahead and brush your teeth right away. Don't wait until you end up in bed. But honestly, what typically happens is there may not be a specific bedtime or, again, depending on how severe their illness is, they might be going to bed at 6 p.m. at night, especially during winter months. So ask those questions and figure out how you can partner with their everyday routine. Then, of course, implementing a high fluoride toothpaste is essential. Now, one of my favorite things to implement with patients who struggle with their home care is the MI Paste 1 from GC America. Now, if you don't know this already, this toothpaste has the ability to penetrate biofilm. 
what? That's right. I said it right. Penetrate biofilm. So if you have a patient who is struggling with their home care, who literally is getting in there with a toothbrush, but maybe it's 30 seconds, I will take however long I can get, right? Um, with my patients who are really struggling with their home care. In this specific case, that is going to be able to penetrate the biofilm. Now, MIPACE-1 is the newest member of the MIPACE family as a two-in-one application. So this replaces your two-step. So you can literally have your patient brush with the MI1 paste. They're good to go. No eating or drinking after. It's a nice, cool mint flavor. And this product does contain the active ingredient Recaldent, which is a super special milk-deprived protein that has a unique ability to release bioavailable calcium and phosphate of course, as well as fluoride. This also can be found in the MI Pace and the MI Place Plus, but with the MI Pace 1, again, it's a one-step, which I love for compliance overall. Additionally, the MI Pace 1 can be used for hypersensitivity, remineralization, for tooth erosion wear, for sensitivity from whitening, and for preventing caries and white spot lesions. So again, for any of your patients who are struggling with their home care and struggling with their mental health, this is a great opportunity to really give them what they need for the best protection possible. If you'd like to learn more, follow me on social at Amber Auger, RDH. I'd like to thank GC America and A Tale of Two Hygienists for having me today. And I am looking forward to next month's segment. Be well. Thanks for listening to another Tipisode. And thank you to GC America for sponsoring this week's episode. You can find out more about their great products at gcamerica.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And head over to our website, atalatuhygienist.com, to sign up for our newsletter. And we always appreciate ratings and reviews. Thanks again for listening to your unofficial dental hygiene podcast.